You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. The new book by Chris Feliciano Arnold is The Third Bank of the River, Power and Survival in the 21st Century Amazon. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Thank you. This is an unusual vision of the Amazon. It's not just insects uh, crawling up your uh, fingernails in the deep jungle, and it's not sunny beaches in Rio. It's the two of those put in a mix master <laughs> and set to high. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, that was one of the things about the Amazon rainforest that completely surprises me is this merging of two worlds, the past and the present. And that for me was uh, the creative project and the journalistic challenge of this book was trying to capture those two worlds in one story. Well, story is important because you were seeking not just the story of the Amazon, but also your own story. So talk about how your own story fit into this bigger vision that you uh, were seeking and which ended up being rather different, I think, than you expected. Uh, yeah, so my first visit to the Amazon rainforest was in 2006. As a 25-year-old, um, I returned to Brazil, which was the country where I was born in, in 1981. It's sort of the twilight of the country's military dictatorship. Um, and I had been adopted from Brazil as an infant and spent my entire life um, in central Oregon at the foot of the Cascade Mountains and living a fairly all-American life. And yet when I returned to Brazil at the age of 25, I really wanted to seek out and understand my birth country. Um, and I spent the summer backpacking around by myself. And of all the regions that I visited, it was the Amazon region and a, a boat trip that I took from Manaus to Belém, um, several days on a slow boat on the river that really woke me up to um, what in my mind is one of the most fascinating regions on the planet. You know, you do give us a, a really a fascinating story of contact between uh, a uh, and a tribe that is still completely un was unknown and unnamed to us. So talk about how that happened and how that played out for you. Yeah, so during the World Cup, actually, in 2014 in Manaus, while the world had its spotlight on Manaus and Brazil's other World Cup host cities, um, in the far remote corner of Brazil on the border of Peru, um, a isolated indigenous tribe came into contact with a settled tribe there. And I will point out that even that settled tribe was seven days away from the nearest road. So that settled tribe was already fairly um, isolated, but they um, found their village invaded by um, an isolated tribe that was uh, seeking help and refuge from a group of traffickers that had massacred some of their family members in, in their home village. And so one of the stories that I follow in the book is how those two tribes interacted, how the Brazilian federal government got involved, and how they had to um, grapple with how best to help this isolated tribe that wanted nothing more than to be kept to themselves, but were forced to make contact, um, and how um, the tribe could be supported in a context where even something as innocuous as a t-shirt could potentially contain enough uh, disease agents to, to ravage the tribe with even something as simple as a common cold or flu could have done enormous damage to the, to the tribe. And so um, the story that I pursue uh, in that strand is the story of the, um, the uh, Brazilian Federal Indigenous Protection Agency um, and a Sao Paulo-based indigenous doctor um, and their, um, their mission to try to uh, bring this tribe back to health. 
um, and and ensure their protection as they returned home. Uh, for and that was to a certain extent that's kind of where I was expecting it as I read a book about the Amazon. Then we come into the part where all of a sudden your jungle experience turns into something, it's true crime, and, and it's true crime, urban poverty. So talk about the FDN and your uh, the monsters that uh, were created. Yeah, so I'm glad that that part of the book took you by surprise because I sort of nestle the uh, true crime story in the middle of the book. And um, essentially... Uh, a year after the World Cup in Manaus, um, there was a series of murders uh, in the city in which 36 uh, people were killed in drive-by shootings over a matter of just three days in, in an event that would come to known as the Bloody Weekend. Um, and this was a, a knot of violence that would take months to untangle because both the state authorities, people in the community, the media, uh, struggled to untangle who was even responsible for these shootings. Was it vigilante police? Was it um, the FDN, the, uh, the family of the North Gang? Was it their rival gang? Um, were some of them just random acts of violence? But it was an enormous um, uh, wave of crime that swept over Manaus and resulted in a security crackdown and also resulted in an internal affairs investigation uh, in which the state and federal police uh, tried to go after the vigilante police who were responsible for some of the killings and hold them accountable. And, and I think, too, the, the, what struck me about this book was the way that civilization itself is unevenly distributed. It's like somebody took like 20s, the, uh, a scoop of the 20th century and held it over, crumpled it into tiny little pieces and then held it over Brazil. And, you know, some of it, some of those seeds took fruit in, in Rio de Janeiro and the coast and the rest of them just turned into a big mess everywhere else. And I mean, even in a city like Manaus, for example, um, which is a city of 2 million people surrounded by 2 million miles of rainforest, you can find that an unequal distribution of opportunity and of, of the future, so to speak. So just as one example, um, when I was in Manaus in 2016 covering uh, Olympic soccer games that were being hosted there, it was shortly after a new mobile game had hit called Pokemon Go. And I was there watching a uh, soccer match at a public plaza in which a uh, dozens of, of young, affluent kids in Manaus were running around the park playing Pokemon Go with their iPhones, trying to capture these augmented reality monsters. Meanwhile, less than a, a mile away as the crow flies, there were entire other neighborhoods that have no running water, that have no sanitation, that have scarce electricity. And so for me, one of the um, remarkable but also heartbreaking aspects of Manaus and the Amazon is what humankind has been able to accomplish there, what opportunities and what it's been able to create there for some who can afford the means. But yet, despite all of those achievements and advancements and so-called development, um, our systems have, have been unable to provide um, the basics of, of what we would consider prosperity for thousands of others. The new book by Chris Feliciano Arnold is The Third Bank of the River, Power and Survival in 21st Century Amazon. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Thank you for having me.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.